Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and this is show 35. And I've invited back Alex Fergus. You might remember him from last year quite early on where we talked about uh, sleep and a lot of sleep hacks. And you'll be well back into the topic of sleep after my chat with uh, Dr. Ron a couple of weeks ago, which I'm sure you'll agree was phenomenal. That was back at show 33. Please do check it out. But today I'm not chatting to Alex about sleep. I'm chatting to him about exercise because he is an incredible personal trainer. He has trained many, many clients of all shapes and sizes over the years, and he's really been able to distill what the most important things are for us to um, stay in shape, to make the most of our exercise, to ensure we keep a healthy amount of muscle mass, which is really important, especially as we get older. And something that he says is actually even more important than exercise in the show might actually shock you. So please uh, have a listen. I hope you enjoy it. I, I certainly got a lot out of it myself. And it definitely took the pressure off me feeling like I always had to try and find an hour every single day to to do some exercise that could be labelled as exercise, like a class of some kind. Um, he really took that pressure off me, created a much more flexible kind of approach to how we can make exercise a part of our daily routine to get the most out of things. Now it's April, you know that. Uh, we still have an amazing 20% off with Walida. They are our program partner for the month of April. And you also have free shipping with orders over $29.95. Your code is LOTOXLIFE, all caps. And all of this information, including the link straight to their Australian website, is in the show notes. So please, you've only got two more weeks of this and it's a great offer. Uh, something I adore about Walida is the accessible price. You know, a lot of people, friends have said this so often, oh, but doesn't it all start costing you so much more when you switch to organic things and, um, you know, non-toxic versions of things? And I'm like, nah, it's really just such an affordable mid-range price. And a lot of people have asked me over the years, how are they able to actually make products that perform so well? and uh, natural and are so inexpensive. We're talking a moisturizer will be around $25 to $30, really no more expensive than buying something at your local pharmacy in one of those mainstream brands. So if price is taken out of the equation, then we go, well, there's that one with all of the nasties in it that have scientific literature to back up the fact that we should be cautious around that stuff. Or there's this one that doesn't have any need to be cautious, any dodgies in it, no petroleum, no hormone disruptive chemicals and the same price. Like which one are you going to choose? It's an absolute no brainer. And, you know, I, I, I think the fact that they farm their plants biodynamically is a huge uh, reason why they can perform so well and be the mid to low price that they are and, and be so accessible. Because when you farm biodynamically, you've literally got farmers who are trained to constantly be checking on and testing the plants to see when their most active time is, when the plant actives are at their strongest, to pick then and distill then so that the strength of those actives is then put into the products. So, uh, you know, I, I, I guarantee you that if you try that smoothing rose uh, day or night cream, that tends to be what I use on my skin most of the year, 
you will see absolutely what I mean. It's an outstanding range for the value that it provides us. And there are things for mothers and men and babies and everybody. There's no one left behind when it comes to the range, as well as some really fantastic um, curative homeopathic stuff for um, fever or getting uh, that sort of coldy, fluy kind of vibe happening uh, in the range as well. And of course, Arnica, which as a half Frenchie is something I carry in my handbag for flying because it's so fantastic for inflammation. It just keeps you from swelling up on a plane as well as for bumps and bruises for the little one. You know, you whack a few little Arnica pills under his uh, tongue and he feels like he's had a lolly because they're a little bit sweet. So he gets excited seeing as he doesn't really... Um, eat the fake stuff. Anyway, I could go on, but I won't because today's show is a great chat and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Hello, Alex Fergus, joining us again on the Low Tox Life podcast. How are you? Hey, Alex, I'm great. It's great being back. Thanks for uh, inviting me back again. You're super welcome. I just think the way that you're such a down-to-earth dude who kind of, yes, there are some big challenges that we have and some big goals we want to achieve, but there are always little super simple things we can do to get started. So it's great to have you back. And this time we're talking exercise and training, you know, something a lot of people are pretty passionate about hacking and figuring out what's going to be best for them. So I'm excited about that. But before we hook in, could you just share a little bit more about yourself for those of the listeners out there who haven't maybe caught the sleep episode we did a while back mm-hmm. and, uh, and then we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah, so grew up in New Zealand, played a lot of sports, uh, rugby, uh, got into rowing, travelled to America for rowing, moved to Australia after university and ended up in the corporate world. Hated that, got out, ended up in a gym, spent five, six, well, seven years working in the gym, receptionist, manager, PT manager, PT obviously, and just love it, like constantly learning, um, continue to do a lot of sports myself, powerlifting, uh, national stage, natural bodybuilding, did a couple of years of that with pretty good results as well, a little bit of cycling, track cycling, and then, um, yeah, I mean, now I have gone from an in-house kind of personal trainer to, you know, counting reps and giving out programs to more of a online health coach. I work with clients all around the world, but predominantly here in Sydney, I've got a lot of corporates, health, wellness. Uh, I tell people I, I help them look and feel amazing. It's not a fat loss program. It's not a weight loss program. It's not a performance program. It's just getting you feeling and, and looking good. This is such a good point because so many of us, think we are exercising to be thin or to lose weight. But really the higher purpose of exercise is all the gifts that it gives us, you know, to feeling amazing, just as you say. So it's really awesome that you focus on that being the goal and the the thing we're trying to attain rather than inches here and kilos there. And I think you can feel like such a failure. I know myself with a, a resistant weight loss puzzle that I'm still trying to figure out where I'm not particularly overweight, but I certainly know I'm a few sort of jiggly bits bigger than my happiest, most feeling amazing self. So it's really important that we always feel super clear that the goal is to feel amazing. Um, So were you, you you mentioned obviously a few things you did growing up there in the fitness world. Was it from a little boy? You were just one of those little kids who just couldn't sit still and you had to always be doing all sorts Uh of sports. Uh, not necessarily. I was I was a massive computer nerd. Uh, oh, were you? High school, uh-huh. huge. Like, 
You've yeah. fused your two passions, working online yeah, totally. now and being yeah, fitness. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I grew up in a reasonably sporty family, uh, so I was always doing sports. Uh, it wasn't until I was coming towards the end of high school that I, I think it was my signal last year at high school, I just wanted to compete. Like I just wanted to test myself, I guess, and um, I had that uh, pretty, pretty solid competitive drive and I just wanted to beat people at things. So, I mean, yeah, as crazy as it sounds, but that's what, that's what drove me. And then I got into rowing and found out I was pretty good at that. And then that, me lead, that led me down the path of kind of health, wellness and competition. But yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I grew up on a farm, so I was always active, but I definitely wasn't, you know, the 13-year-old the that was going on to be an Olympian sort of kid. Mm, but you caught up pretty well in your yeah, 20s. Yeah, I, ca- I caught up pretty well. I <laughs> Yeah, the Olympics that you were on the radar at one point um, in my life as well. So, um, yeah, I, I got pretty serious into it. <laughs> and you would never know it as a humble New Zealander. You just never hear these things. You got to literally extract it out of you. There we go. Okay. I, I didn't get it, so it's not much of a story, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think it's certainly a story like most of I, – I certainly can't lay that claim, so it's all good. Now, you train people, a lot of them negatively affected by the pace of modern life. Uh, and one of the most surprising things you tell them to do, which I thought was crazy, is to actually ditch the workout and sleep in in the mornings rather than train. Can you talk me through why you would advise that to a client um, on their yeah. journey? Sure. Um, sleep, I think, is one of the most important yet overlooked uh I don't know what the word is, factors when it comes to um, health, wellness, longevity. You know, people are happy to pay all this money for the latest supplement powder or special potion or training plan, but they don't even think to look at their sleep. And I I was a victim as well of of that many years ago. So, yeah, I mean, so many people I I see are just sleep deprived. You can tell. Like, you, you just ask them if they're waking up and they need a couple of coffees to get out of bed. Or they wake up and they can't get out of bed, like they're just exhausted. But then come 10 o'clock at night, they're wired and, you know, they think they should be going to sleep, but they're alert and wired. Like that's just shown to me straight away that there's sleep issues going on. So mm. I, I believe um, that that should be fixed before we start throwing more stress stimulus on the body through training. I mean, poor sleep can increase insulin sensitivity uh, levels alone. So people get so caught up in sugar and, you know, pre-diabetes and going low carb and everything. And so you can undo all of that with a bad night's sleep. Interesting. So, So and this would be especially important for obviously very hardworking, long hour kind of workforce people, or maybe you're working on your own business, you're in that crazy startup mode, or if you're a new parent, my gosh, when you're a new parent, sleep deprivation is huge. So are you saying even like just thinking of the new parent um, example, it would be more important for that new parent to catch an extra hour's sleep than it would be to train? Oh, 100% with a parent. Yeah, my, my girlfriend's a nanny, so she comes She loves kids, but she comes home after 10, 11 hour days and she's like, oh my God, I don't know if we're ever going to have kids. I love being with kids, <laughs> but I need this off time. And I, you know, I've been hearing this for years, so I'm going to yeah. be pretty well prepared for it. But yeah, I mean, God, like she, she's telling me how 
you know, we're going to live close to our grandparents, uh, you know, the baby's grandparents. We're going to have like a community so we can offload some of this work and whatnot. The thought of um, if she turned around and said, oh, by the way, I want to go to the gym every day. I think, she, you know, it'd just be crazy. Mm. Like that should be least of her based on the stories i'm hearing i have not much experience with this but i think that would be the least of her uh, priorities and yet the media so often tries to make it a priority like get back in shape and get ripped abs two weeks after birth and all those sorts of things so we've got to strip away that that noise oh, yeah and actually focus on the sleep i i totally agree and that's applicable to corporate men you know teenage girls, everyone, I, I think um, that can really sort of mess with the minds a little bit. But yeah, I mean, look, if you're if you're sleeping well, you're probably going to be in a semi-good shape anyway. Like I said, you've got the insulin issues, you've, you've got leptin sensitivity, fat loss, like melatonin leads to leptin release at night. So without that melatonin release, you're not getting leptin. And once leptin's released, leptin's like the feeling full hormone in case mm. you, don't, you weren't aware of that or your listeners weren't aware of that. So, so what's, what's affecting our leptin? The um, melatonin, which ah. is the sleep hormone. Once that's, that's released about four hours after darkness. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at your phone... TV, whatever it may be, right before bed, it's going to take four hours before, typically about four hours before um, you get a melatonin release in the body. Melatonin, obviously, powerful antioxidant and whatnot and helps with the sleep, suppresses cortisol, but it also creates a release of leptin. And then leptin Uh enters... Okay, I'm with you now. Yeah, Yeah. so leptin enters the hypothalamus in the brain and then as a result of that, the thyroid's upregulated, that in turn increases your metabolism, you burn a lot of fat when you're sleeping, yes. growth hormones released. So you're, you're resting, recovering, you're rebuilding, you know, regenerating tissues. REM sleep is enhanced, so you, more creativity and, you know, memories are kind of, what's the word? Built. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the body, like the, you literally burn fat when you're sleeping, right? So not only if you're shortening that sleep time, but then if you're having bad sleep as well, you're missing out on all this goodness from a fat loss point of view, um, not to mention all the other cognitive and well-being point of view. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely, this is why um, I tell my clients just focus on sleeping. Um, I tell them like, think of a battery with your phone. You know, let's say you've got an iPhone and three, four o'clock in the afternoon, your phone drops down to 10, 15%. You don't know if there's going to be opportunity to recharge until that night so what do you do you you start turning things off you turn the brightness down you you know you turn off maybe data you turn off the flashlight whatever it may be you might even put on airplane mode and only use it when you have to right Mm. but you know as soon as you get home you'll recharge and it will be well the next day the body's somewhere like you the sleep is the recharging and then if you're sleep deprived and lack of sleep your, your body is going to shut things down. It's going to slow down the metabolism. You're going to burn less heat. All of a sudden, you're getting cold. You're going to look for those artificial stimulants to pick you up. So you're going to look for the sugar. You're going to look for the caffeine. You're going to look for the coffee. All these things, of course, are short-term fixes, but they're doing more harm long-term. You know, you're going to be less active. Anyone I used to bodybuild, and when you're getting towards the competition, semi-starving yourself and, you know, you're not <laughs> eating much, the thought of walking to the work or walking to the gym is it's tough, like it's mentally tough because mm. the body wants to conserve as much energy as possible. So you've got all these things happening just due to this lack of energy, lack of sleep. And thankfully that can be fixed by sleeping more. 
or avoid it, I guess. I love how you've managed to get us to talk about sleep when we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> exercise too. Sneaky, sorry, sorry. sneaky. <laughs> it's good. No, no, I'm just teasing. So can I ask something and I'll, I'll just guinea pig my own personal story for, um, for this sure. little tangent. But about three years ago, I thought, right, what I'm not doing enough of is exercising. And I enrolled myself in a whole bunch of classes and I was going to the gym five times a week. Mm -hmm. And that year, very frustratedly, I actually put on six kilos. Now, I was sleeping okay. I was definitely getting sort of seven hours a night, maybe pushing seven and a half. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's like totally counterproductive to everything we talk about or think about exercising and increasing your exercising for better results. Mm-hmm. How would that happen? Why would that happen? Well, f- my first question is six kilos. Do you know if that was fat mass or muscle mass or? That I don't know because I never did those sort of machines that, but I definitely didn't feel like more at ease in my jeans, let's say. Okay. So you feel like you put on fat? Yes, okay. I do. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, the training stimulus is going to have a range of change, uh, impacts on the body. I mean, yes, you can put on muscle, but even things like bone density, you know, like postmenopause, pausal woman, they recommend you do some weight training because it strengthens the bones and stuff, right? So that six kilos, it could come from, it might not necessarily all be fat, mm-hmm. but yeah, if, if you notice that you got fatter or felt fatter, then yeah, obviously there was something happening there. Five times a week, I mean, to be honest, I, with all the stresses, that we have in today's life, even with the best sleep, it, you know, if you're eating bad food, it can form a stress on the body. If you're living in a pollutant, toxic house or office uh, exposed to a lot of pollutants, if you're emotionally stressed, if you're always running late for appointments, if financial stress, right, all these things are going to compound. And that training that you would have brought in is just another stress it's another Mm. stress on the body so many people forget about this you know they know all right they need to wind down and avoid all like they've had a stressful day at work right so all they want to do is go to the gym and i've seen this as a personal trainer and they'll they'll come in at 6 30 and they'll say i've had a horrible day they're already running late and you can see they were frazzled had a horrible day. I've got to be out of here in half an hour. I've got something else on. Let's just slam me, you know, just push me to the edge. Like, just, <laughs> you know, and that's that's the last thing they should be doing in that time. So, so basically you're saying what I was actually doing was prolonging the window of stress in my day by adding an hour to the morning of hardcore working out. I mean, look, it's it's very hard to answer that question. Like no, no, your, I'm just, your it's just situation, hypothesizing. It, it's it all could good. be, yeah. I, it I mean, can in be. fact, you're doing five times a week. Yeah, mm. I mean, like another thing is people think, all right, if I'm exercising more, I'm burning more calories, yada, 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 right, I'm going to lose weight. But like calories matter, yes, sure, but hormones matter more. So if you're messing up the hormones – whether it is from sleep, like we said before, or training or all these other stresses, you know, at the end of the day, the calories don't really matter. Yeah. So bringing in that that stressor, let's say you were overtraining. Uh, again, I don't know what you were doing. I don't know your fitness state and all that sort of thing. But let's say you were overtraining. That elevated cortisol, the stress hormone, leads to increased blood pressure, leads to increased heart rate. That's why the easiest thing to lower blood pressure is to de-stress. And then obviously with that all, uh, stress response, um, the fight or flight response, you get an adrenaline re- release. 
that adrenaline release is releasing glucose into the bloodstream because again like that stress response was built for an extreme situation like yes. life of life or death situation you know tiger chasing you kind of thing right so it's all engines survival right you, you yeah. don't care the body doesn't care about reproducing doesn't care about digestion this is why if you have digestion issues you need to back off from training you know it's all run or jump or whatever it may be so you got this adrenaline release that increases glucose in the blood for fuel immediate fuel source that in turn increases insulin so you can get an insulin response simply through stressing yourself and not eating sugar so you can you can become pre-diabetic or diabetic just through constant stress i mean like it's it take a lot of work but you know it's the same like principle in terms of the body so all these things are happening and then also with elevated cortisol which could have been the situation for you um that has a antidiuretic function so it retains fluid right mm. and also you know you get high levels of inflammation in the body so with that retained fluid the body needs more sodium to keep electrolytes in balance so all of a sudden that increased weight might simply be water weight you know you get that puffy sort of soft look it may not have even been fat it may just Maybe extra water, salt that's been retained due to the, the extra stress. So that's why. Puffy. Yes, yeah. that's exactly how I would have described it. Interesting. And you may find, given that situation, you may have had, let's say, a week in Hawaii or Bali, right? And you may just relax and switch off. And you may have came back five, six kilos lighter and thought, oh, wow, it was the sun or it was the extra sleep or it was the, uh, the good food I was eating, you know, all the salads I was or eating. Or the lack Bali, of whatever. stress. Yeah, yeah. and you can lose that weight just like that. And um, obviously there's so many variables, but that's just one. So stress is really emerging as a huge factor in this whole weight puzzle, isn't it? Yeah, huge. Yeah, <laughs> massive. Mm. Now, when it comes to training, um, and this is something I think a lot of women don't understand the value of doing weights-based training. Could you talk us uh, through... What, what the benefits are, especially as we start to move through the decades and, and get older? Of weight training? Yeah. Particularly for females or just in, in Yeah, general? because we're told to, you know, go out for a walk or do a yoga class. or But I really don't think weights are emphasized very much. And it seems the more trainers who are highly specialized that I speak to, that this mm -hmm. is pretty much the go-to that people will recommend. Do you as well? And, and could you explain why? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think weights, everyone should be doing some form of resistance training, whether you use weights at a gym or body weight or bands or you lift your babies up the steps. That's all resistance training, right? So I think when people say, oh, you need to go to the gym, like it needs to be weights, mm. the, the weights are just a tool to stress the muscle, right? So you can get that same stress through, you know, carrying your baby around the park. It's You're stressing the muscle, you're stressing the joints. So that I think that's important to clarify that you don't have to go to the gym. Okay. You know, you, but yes, I think in terms of health, wellness, longevity, feeling good and looking good, then yes, I think you should be doing some form of resistance training or some form of resistance that creates the stress on the body mm -hmm. and it's not much like i mean you could i don't know once a week even once a fortnight to be honest is probably all you need it's the whole use it or lose it thing right like if you don't put any stress through the joint um and then all of a sudden you know you, you try to pick up uh, a box of groceries and you can't you're not going to be able to right but if you're always regularly putting through a bit of stress 
um, on that joint, then the body will adapt and you'll maintain it. From the health point of views, I mean, there's this huge, huge impact or huge benefits of strength training or res- resistance training, sorry. You've got improved insulin response, insulin sensitivity. So again, like people think diabetes, it's all about the sugar, but you've got things like these other variables, sleep I mentioned before, and obviously um, training. So you can improve that through resistance training. Mm. You can improve bone density big time because again like you're stressing you're telling the body okay we need to be strong enough to support this weight or this load or this resistance you get uh what is it there's a release of uh i'm probably going to mess this up it's bdnf brain derived neurotrophic factors or something like that nicely done (laughs) something like that there'll be some doctor out there like shaking his head (laughs) but you get a release from a post training of that which is flooded into the brain and that helps with well-being and everything but also with like longevity brain health it improves the synapse connection in the brain like the neural connections in the brain so you're getting all these health benefits i guess from strength training other than just simply you know building muscle or or losing weight absolutely and something that i do love about weights is you can go really slow and heavy as opposed Mm -hmm. to sort of you know busting yourself crazy in like a in a pump class style thing where it's actually more of a cardio workout and 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 a a big cortisol kind of releasing environment with the crazy loud music and the you know (laughs) so I, i have noticed for myself having that cortisol because i have a very busy active life as a mom as a business owner it's you know it's busy and and back to what you were saying which kind of confirmed my suspicion was adding an hour of intensive exercise Exercise that was quite hypey in its in its style yeah. was probably not what I needed. And slowing down and moving to a much calmer environment, a gym where there's just low music and I can just do weights at a really slow rep, really kind of heavy as well mm-hmm. to create stress, but not the kind of stress that we talk about that throws your cortisol through the roof, but the kind of stress you just mentioned, yeah. which is like the positive stuff that sets off all the beautiful chain reactions through the brain and makes your joints sort of more clever, if you like, um, start yeah. to remember that they can do stuff. Yeah, you the the intensity is important, yes, but you're right. You don't need an hour long, even a 40 minute class. And with the slow, slow rep training, there's a protocol called um, super slow training, or there's a book, Doug McGuff wrote it. Uh, it's called Body by Science. And it's literally a 15 minute workout once a week. Now, this is actually what I get my weight loss. Yeah, it's, it's what I've been doing for seven months. And it's what I, or eight months now. And it's what I get my corporate fat loss clients to do. If they don't like going to the gym and they're super busy, which everyone is, then I get them on this program. And, 15 um, minutes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, look, it's tough and you've got to do it properly to get the benefits and it's not for everyone. But it's exactly what you said. Like you'll get a weight and let's say you're on a, let's say you're doing a push up, right? Or, you know, a chest press and you'll pick a weight and you'll just keep, you keep moving whether you're doing a push up or on the machine and it might take I don't know, six to 10 seconds to lock out the arms, to straighten the arms. So imagine mm-hmm. you're pushing away and then immediately you turn around six to 10 seconds on the way back. Hence the name super slow training, right? So mm. you just keep going until you can't move it. And so that might take one or two minutes, might take three minutes, um, but it hurts. It hurts a lot. But you think about what's happening, you're telling that muscle, all right, we've got to push against this weight or the floor or whatever you're doing. We've got to utilize all the muscle fibers and we're taking it to absolute failure. 
Mm. And uh, once you finish that one rep, you go to it for another body part and you do four or five body parts and then you're done. And it's tough. It's very, very tough. But end of the day, like that's all we really need. We just need that signal to the brain, to the body, to the muscle that, hey, look, keep me. I need to be used. You know, mm. I need to be strong. I need to be dense. I need to be able to do this particular movement. Otherwise, I'll, you know, muscles are... Um, expensive uh, resource in the body, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they can quickly forget what they need to do if you don't test them. So that's really interesting because if you think about the old days back in the – Back in the wild as nomads, you know, basically we spend most of our time walking around, eating a few plants, uh, you know, chatting and and doing very low-key things and then Mm -hmm. it would be once or twice a week that you would have to do something really challenging like, you know, I don't know, build something or lift a huge log as a team or whatever it would be. Um, So it kind of makes sense. It's one extreme or the other, right? Like Mm. there's the walking, relaxing and then all of a sudden, okay, there's something chasing us or, yeah, we've got to do something intense. But even saying that, like if you're doing a lot of walking and, again, my, my girlfriend, she's becoming like the star of the show here. Um, <laughs> she looks after twins, 22-month-old yeah. twins, right? And she, she you know, she's, we've been together five, six years, but she won't go near a gym. And she doesn't like, she's never, I've never seen her run. Uh, she doesn't, occasionally, occasionally she'll do a push up with me at the park, but very, very rarely. Well, but she's, she's looking in, after 22 exactly, month old right? twins. In, I think she's got more than enough to do. No, no, no. But my point is like, if you looked at her, you'd think, oh, and people do. They say, oh, you must train with Alex quite a bit. You must go to the gym quite a bit. And she's like, yeah. no, well, I'm pushing prams around Bondi up and down yeah. hills. I'm lifting. Like that is a stress. Like that's that's all you need to keep the body healthy and fit and stuff. And, and I think a lot of people think they have to overdo it and maybe they've been, you know, a mom pushing the pram all day and then they've got to go to the gym and do more more weightlifting, which and you might not, not need case. to do it. Yeah, mm. interesting, depending on your goals. And then it always comes back to see someone, a health professional, practitioner, an uh, experienced PT, and really have a chat about your own unique situation rather than assuming there's this one, you know, hip way to do it that's going to solve everybody in the world's problems overnight because it's so fad-based, isn't it, training? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. And so how do we cut out that noise and how can people explore exercise with their own bio-individuality in mind? Like there's obviously so many different ways to stay in shape. As I said, there are also so many people telling you, do it this way, this is the best way. Mm-hmm. How do we come to our own conclusions? Can you offer us some tips like as we start to experiment with exercise that makes us feel good or helps us produce the results we want to produce? What what are some of the things we should be looking for in our own life? Would you say the first thing might be look at how much stress you have in your day secondly look at how much sleep you have in your day sort those two things out before you start looking at exercise it seems like this is a bit of a theme for you yeah Mm. i mean look it 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 does depend on the individual and it depends on their goal there's Mm. a difference between someone who wants to lose a few kilos for a wedding to you know compete in the olympics right like (laughs) obviously you treat everyone individually so you, you you know you work with someone who's going to help you with your goals. But in terms of um, general tips, let's use my coaching program as an example. I work with middle-aged corporates, you know, 40 years old, thereabouts, who need to lose some weight. So one of the first things I do is I tell them to stop all training, all strenuous training. So generally, 
they're one or two of extremes. They're either doing far too much or they're doing nothing. End of the day, I say, don't worry. Let's just relax. Let's just spend a couple of weeks. It's six weeks on my program, actually, where I get them walking. I get them outside. I get them to you know sleep a bit more. I get them to look at their diet. I get them to just slow down. Mm, slow down. So often we're going so fast and then we think we need to just jump into, oh, my God, okay, yes, that sounds awesome. I'll go do that. And, you know, I think we've all been there and just slowing down and really premeditating any moves you're going to make is so right. important. Especially if you are wound up like, you know, go, go, go. So, yeah, just slow down, rebuild. And then during that time, I get them walking as much as possible because everyone can walk. Well, I mean, not everyone, but there's no reason why you can't walk. Like, go for a walk when you're on the phone. Just just work it into your day. Take the steps. It's been said so many times, but it, it works. Like, it does help. Mm. So, you're still, you're still moving, but you're not doing that strenuous activity. And then once you are feeling a bit better and you feel like you've got more energy and your sleep's solid and your diet's solid, then you'd look at introducing more of those stresses. And yeah, I mean, it, it's stick with the basics, stick with the simple stuff. You mentioned the fad before, and I guess my super slow training will be a fad or could be give, uh, considered a fad. But end of the day, you just need to load or put stress the joints, whether that is going to the gym. You know, I have clients who love going to the gym. Sure, go to the gym. Just follow this program. Keep it short. Only go a few times a week, yada, yada, yada. There might be someone who hates going to the gym but loves going to the park and, you know, doing push-ups or whatnot. Great. Mm. Just just bring that in. Just It doesn't need to be fancy. You don't need to pay top dollar for a advanced program or, you know, follow the men's health or women's health magazine, the, you know, fat loss program of the year. Just, just move. Put some stress to the body. And then once you've got those in your life, you know, once or twice a week, then you could look at doing some, some sprints, maybe some sprint intervals. And again, like 20 minute session max sprint for 10, 15 seconds, rest for a minute, do that half a dozen times. That's all you need to do. You don't need to be doing the hour long classes. You don't need to be jogging. So yeah, just move and occasionally bring in a stress and like mm. a, 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 a strenuous stress type training. Interesting. So really, I, I think that's brilliant because we assume that the harder you go, the bigger the results. But really what you're saying is slow down first mm -hmm. and go hard for very small amounts of time, literally just a couple of times a week. And then the other part of your focus should just be movement in general, whether that's, you know, yep. picking up your kids and doing all those sorts of things or whether it's for going for a walk in nature. Yep. I mean, you know, I often talk about this whole craziness where food companies have turned their products into being our downtime, our me time, our break, such as, you know, the mm -hmm. have a break, have a, mm -hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> won't mention any brand names, but really have a break, have a Bondi to Bronte. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. That should be what the slogan is. You know, it's, um, it's unbelievable what a beautiful walk in nature can do for us. And if you can only take 10 minutes around the block and just look up at the trees, then that's, that's being in nature. You, it doesn't matter if you're in a city, there's always going to be a tree somewhere that you can it's, focus on. Yeah, yeah, really important. And take your shoes off, ground, you know, get some sunlight, all these things that are missing out, um, you know, because we're stuck inside and all that. I, I totally agree. I think it's very important and always overlooked. Awesome. So would you say there are, like, could I challenge you to give us the two exercises or exercise forms that you believe we absolutely all need in our lives to be the, our, our healthiest selves? Exercise forms, do you mean a particular 
lift or like a type of training? A type of training. Okay. Um, would walking be one of those two? I would say if it could only be two, definitely mm-hmm. walking. You could and, push it out to three if you really okay, have well, to. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's what I touched <laughs> on before. Um, something slow, walking, I guess yoga and stuff could fit into that as well. But just something slow, like you should be able to hold a conversation through it and it shouldn't get the heart rate too high. And then on the other side of the coin, it would be that intense but short and sharp training, whether that's weight training or sprints. Um, If you're feeling really good about yourself and energy levels are great, then you could do both. And, you know, you probably only have to do weights once a week or resistance training, sorry, once a week and sprints once a week. That's all I personally do. That's all I have my clients do. If they feel good and they want to do more, and as their coach, I think they're ready to do more, then I let them. But most people, like you have, um, you do the one weight session for 20, 30 minutes a week, one sprint session 20, 30 minutes a week. And for most people, that's all they need to, um, to look and feel amazing. I love it. That's it's so good. And it's just about bringing it down to the simple things we can all do. So I'm going to issue a group challenge here. I like doing group challenges. <laughs> right. So for the next week, give it a go. Everybody out there, go for a half hour walk every single day. If you have to break that up into two 15-minute walks, totally cool. But just make half an hour of walking at some point in your day happen. In that seven days, also add in a short, sharp sprint session, as Alex described, of what was it? 10 to 15 seconds sprinting and then a, and then a one-minute recovery? Yeah, and do that five, six times. That's okay, plenty. cool. Yeah. Uh, everyone can do that. I even feel like I can do that and I'm excited to do it. And then the second thing that you got to do in that, in the third thing you got to do in that seven days is some sort of resistance. So whether yeah. that's, you know, you've got some weights or a kettlebell at home and doing something with those or whether it's just doing some half or, or full push-ups yeah. or what else could we do? Some squats? Yeah. Would that count? The, you could do the squats. You could, if you're at home, you could do a, a wall set. So you sit against the wall and you brace yourself ah um, yes yeah that's yeah. i use that with clients push-ups like you mentioned obviously if you can't do them on the ground do like an incline push-up against like a, a sofa or you know something or a table where you just go up and down a few times stairs like everyone seems to be living in an apartment grab grabs two i don't know heavy bottles or bags of shopping and just walk up the stairs you know 10 flights or something and that's that's resistance training right it's not going to get you in the Olympics or on a bodybuilding stage, but it's still still got that goodness. I think it's also important to mention real quick that with the the weights training, like going to a gym and doing a pump class isn't weights training. That is more of a cardiovascular type of training. Mm-hmm. Weights training, you want something that's you know you can only do for a short amount, of, a short period of time that burns the muscle. You know, fatigues the muscle either through lactic acid or just through a loss of strength like you literally don't have enough strength to do another push-up that's what you want to do you don't want to be like bouncing around in a class for like 30 40 minutes and um not having a rest you're not going to get the same benefits that you would from like a short sharp sort of weight training interesting i'm loving this seven day experiment and remember you can always hashtag lotox life anywhere on social to let us know how you're going with that or leave a comment in um today's show notes uh and, you know, maybe Alex, I can invite you to just um, to have a look at any comments or questions that anyone has, if that's okay. I haven't put you on yeah. the spot. No, no, I'm awesome. happy to. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish? Anything you've been busting to say? 
Um, no, I mean, I think it's important to slow down. If you're looking at health or fat loss, then um, focus on things like your diet, focus on relaxing, focus on sleep, and back off on the training. And don't feel bad about it. Like, I think people expected to, you know, they feel like they have to go to the gym every day or they have to do something every day. I know it can be very tough switching off. Um, I've been through it myself and I see it all the time with clients. But don't feel bad about it. Like, spend that extra hour, like, cooking a nice meal or spend the time with your kids and, and just rethink, you know, why are you spending all this time, money, energy, going to the gym, sleeping day out, day and night, especially if you're not getting the results, mm. then, uh, you know, it might be time to take a look and try something different. Try something different. That's absolutely right. And what we're going to try is something that all of us can fit into whatever kind of lives we've got going on, <laughs> which I'm excited about. So thank you again for being my guest on the Low Tox Life podcast. No doubt we'll think of something I have to invite you back for again. But um, it's always a pleasure chatting to you and have a great day. Likewise. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one-line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of. I'll see you next week. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.